0: going on, everybody? Welcome to the Divine Line with yours truly, Tyler Devine of HawkFanatic.com. Uh, it's been, God, it's been almost a month since I did one of these. It's pretty wild. Um, time flies, man. Uh, I got a pretty good one today. It was a fun conversation with former Iowa baseball pitcher uh, Jack Dreyer, who recently was signed by the Los Angeles Dodgers and is currently in uh, Arizona rehabbing from Tommy John surgery. Uh, I think Jack had, uh, I think, another year of eligibility left, maybe two. Uh, I don't remember off the top of my head. And so, he, what I'm saying is, he could have come back to Iowa, but could never really stay healthy while he was here. And, uh, you know, his goal is to become a professional pitcher. So, that's what he's going to go try and do. And uh, it was, you know, it was really fun. He He's a pretty interesting dude. He does Rubik's Cube art. Um, which if you don't know what that is, look it up. It's really cool. Um, and it also looks really difficult. And, uh, he wants to be a chess master. (laughs) And, uh, is, from my perspective, pretty close to it. So, uh, yeah, here's Jack and, uh, enjoy. Okay, so you know, for anybody that's going to be listening to this that doesn't know, you just signed with the Dodgers organization. Um, Can you kind of take me through how how that whole thing works, where are you at right now, and and sort of what the near future looks like for you?
1: Yeah, so uh, when I agreed to terms with them, they had me fly down to Glendale, Arizona, uh, which is where their spring training facility is. And I had to quarantine for five days and then test negative for COVID three times. Um, before I was able to do anything. Uh, But then once I was cleared of that, um, I moved into a hotel with a roommate, another, uh, he's a right-handed pitcher. And then uh, we just go to the field every day and we're pretty much working out. And so the plan for me is to continue to rehab uh, my Tommy John surgery uh, for the rest of this fall and then throughout the winter also. So I, I pretty much plan on being down here until spring training starts so uh for the next eight months or so i'll be down here just
0: training and hanging out so and then and then next season where do you sort of expect to be
1: so uh obviously everybody's going to go to spring training and then um you'll get assigned to an affiliate somewhere um ideally i'll be you know with the low a or high a affiliates which would be in uh, the low A is in Rancho Cucamonga, uh, which is outside of L.A., and then the high A team is in uh, Michigan.
0: The only so, reason I know where Rancho Cucamonga is is because of the show Workaholics. Oh, are they? is it based there? They, that's where they live. That's oh, okay. where they, that house is, I guess. Awesome. Um, what other, if it wasn't the Dodgers, who would it have been? What other teams? Were, did, were you talking to anybody else?
1: Uh, yeah, I had – Leading up to accepting with the Dodgers, I had offers from five different organizations. Um, the Red Sox, the Marlins, the Yankees, uh, the Cubs, and then the Dodgers were the fifth team.
0: Um, how tough of a, of a decision was it for you to, to sort of, you know, say goodbye to Iowa, I guess?
1: Yeah, obviously, you
0: know, it was great being a
1: Hawkeye and it was awesome playing uh, playing there, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's my goal to become a major league baseball player. And so the path to get there is through pro ball. Um, and, you know, I had my degree, I am, you know, mentally mature. Um, so I just felt that it was, it was time to start my pro career, um, and see where it goes.
0: What's your degree in?
1: I got a major in finance and a minor in philosophy. And then plan on going back to school uh, to go to law school.
0: Oh, cool, cool. So when baseball is over, you want to do something in that in that field?
1: Yes. Uh, ideally, um, I would start working for my current agent. Um, I would work for him, but if not, then something in the sports area. Um, ideally, maybe maybe a trial lawyer eventually, but we'll see.
0: That a uh, trial lawyer. Sounds intense, man. That sounds like extreme. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I was told about something. You do art with Rub- Rubik's cubes? Yes, that's right. How did uh, how did that come about? Because it's really cool.
1: Uh, thank you. Yeah. So it started. Uh, I first learned how to solve a Rubik's cube when I was a sophomore in high school. Um, was very slow at it. Took me, you know, ten plus minutes to do it. Um, And then I watched some YouTube videos and slowly got faster and started uh, investing in some better cubes and, you know, learning new methods. And so I got my time, my average to about 20 seconds um, for solving one. And then uh, one day I was with my little brother. We were at like a Goodwill and they were selling cheap Rubik's cubes for 25 cents each. And so I bought all of them. I think it was like 42 of them. And I just for fun started making little small murals, like not very big, six by seven. And I made simple designs like a Christmas tree and the NASA logo and stuff. Um, And then a few months later, I kind of got tired of it. And I was like, I can do so much better. So I just, I reached out to a few of the cubing websites that I knew of um, and they gave me some good bulk prices and I bought 720 of them <laughs> and started making six foot by four foot murals.
0: Uh, is there a, do you have a favorite one or one that, one that maybe, uh, was the most challenging that you're proud of?
1: Mm. Um, most challenging. I would say, um, I recently over the 4th of July weekend, I built uh, Josh Turner, he's a country singer. Um, I made his face, but I also did it live in front of people. And so that was a new experience for me, you know, having to stress over having a deadline and then talking to people and messing around with little kids and stuff. Um, so that one definitely was the most stressful
0: that I've done so far. That, yeah, it sounds unnecessarily stressful if I'm being honest. Um, (laughs) uh, I don't know if I, I don't know if I would enjoy that very much. Um, so you, you mentioned how, how much longer is your, is your rehab? Cause I you know, obviously Tommy John is not, uh, anything to sneeze at.
1: Right. So usually they ballpark the recovery time at, at like 12 to 14 months. Um, I had my surgery in the middle of October, so I'm getting close to a year. I'm at like nine and a half, 10 months. Um, so then yeah, I'll, I'll continue training starting to get off the mound probably next next month um quite a bit and then ideally i'll be able to face live hitters at some point this fall maybe early winter Um, obviously down here the weather's fine year-round so i can continue to train as much as i want Um, and then just preparing for spring training
0: so outside of baseball outside of, of of your art what you know when you're when when Jack Dryer is just kind of hanging out, what are you doing?
1: Um, so when I'm in my hotel room, I mean, obviously I have a lot of time. I, I love reading, I read a lot of books. Um, I also really love chess. And so <laughs> I'll play chess a lot. I play online for hours every day. Um and I try studying. It's my eventual goal to become a master, a chess master. Um, but I know that takes a lot of dedication and training so i don't know if that'll happen
0: what what's the criteria for being a chess master
1: uh so in chess you you have a rating a chess rating which pretty much grades how good you are um and the only way to improve that rating is to play over the board games in tournaments uh in person tournaments um so right now i just play online which isn't improving or hurting my score it gives me a like a fake score. Um, But when you do play over the board, uh, the better opponents that you play against, when you win, your rating goes up, obviously. Um, So I think in the United States, to become a master, you need a rating of 2,000 or higher to become a national master. Um, To put it into perspective, the current world chess champion has a rating of 2,850. And he is the he's the highest rating of all time ever. Um, so <laughs> you need to be pretty good because 2,000 is is pretty high up there. So right now my rating's like 1550.
0: That's still pretty damn good, man. I mean, like if if it's <laughs> like if 2,000 a master, I mean, how like how long theoretically would it take you to get to 2,000 from 1550?
1: I think I think I would have to probably take another five years, uh, and give and up I, baseball. <laughs> it would definitely help if I wasn't doing baseball. Yeah. But <laughs> if I, if I studied hard and often, I think. And, and that was like my only hobby, you know, Rubik's cubes and nothing else. I think I could probably get there in five years. Um, but it's, it's a slow, it's a
0: grind. It sounds like it, man. That's, yeah. uh, that's wild. I, I've, uh, tried to play chess in the past and, uh, I never was able. To, I don't know. It must just be the way my mind works. I was never able able to grasp it. Like the, I get like what the pieces do, right? But but like yeah. the, the strategy of it, and because I've known people that have read books of chess strategy, and it's complicated, man. That's like that's it's so complicated. Yeah.
1: It's. I think it's a great game because if you know nothing about it and you're playing with other people who know nothing, it can be really fun. And then if you're good playing against other people who are good, it's still really fun. So there's there's definitely a community for every, every level.
0: Have you competed, like, in tournaments and stuff?
1: Uh, I have not competed in person. Unfortunately, COVID kind of ruined most of that, and then baseball ruins the rest of it because, you know, chess tournaments are an all-day thing over mm-hmm. the weekends, and I've always been busy on the weekends. Um, but I have done, you know, just, like, chess tournaments online here and there. Um, which is, it's still fun, but I'm excited to do an over the board tournament sometime.
0: Uh, so when, when did you start playing baseball? When, when did you kind of, or I guess, when did you start? When did you kind of figure out, eh, this is kind of what I want to do?
1: I mean, I've been playing for as long as I can remember. I just threw balls around the house when I was, you know, still an infant. Um, but then in high school, I played baseball and soccer Um, and I think I played soccer through my junior year. Um, and then after my junior year, I, I quit soccer, didn't play my senior year because I wanted to like make sure I focused on baseball and wasn't going to get hurt playing soccer. So I think that, I guess I can count that as like the technical time when I, when I knew that's what I wanted to do for my career.
0: Could you have played college soccer if you wanted to?
1: Uh, I could have, but. Not quite to the level that I was able to play baseball. Um, it probably would have been a little bit smaller of a college.
0: Uh, what position did you play?
1: Uh, depending on our on our setup, I was either like left mid or striker. Um, our team was really really good, and so uh, you know I kind of just filled in the gaps because we had some really really good players.
0: Do you have a favorite uh, soccer team that you follow currently?
1: Uh, not really. To be honest, I don't watch soccer at all. I love playing it, but I really don't know much about it uh, when I'm not playing. That's,
0: that's pretty funny, actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, well, what about what about when you like baseball players that you looked up to when you were growing up? Did you have a team or or certain players that you like to watch or sort of maybe modeled your your game after?
1: Um, I mean, this is another instance where I never had a favorite baseball team. Um, you know, in Iowa, they don't, there are no major league teams of any sport. Um, so yeah, I didn't really grow up with any teams. My dad played, uh, in the big leagues for a few years. So I guess growing up, I modeled him. He was right-handed and I was left-handed so we could, we could like face each other and, and mirror each other. Um, but other than that, I've, I've never really had a favorite player. Um, I've always kind of told people like in my head, as soon as you dub somebody to be your favorite player, then you can no longer eventually become like get to the level that they are because you're always viewing them as like, like the best. Um, so to not have a favorite player, like I see myself as being able to compete with anyone who's playing the majors right now.
0: It sounds like your uh, philosophy background talking there, maybe, maybe a little bit. Uh, how does how does that help while while pitching? Do you sort of implement? Uh, uh, did I say psychology or philosophy? Philosophy. Uh, how do you how do you do you implement any any of that stuff while to your to your baseball?
1: Um, in game, probably not so much, but definitely outside at least at Iowa, for sure. Um, I love getting into debates about anything. (laughs) Um, And so, you know, there were a lot of differing viewpoints on a whole number of things with my teammates at the University of Iowa. So we would, I would just try and bring stuff up and we'd debate about it and we would, you know, get heated sometimes. And I just love debate so much because it brings out other viewpoints and then sometimes you can just get to the point where you're like i i was wrong about this and i didn't because i was just ignorant and now i'm not ignorant so i can agree with your side whereas previously i didn't agree um so that was probably the highlight of my of my year this year when i was in the (laughs) locker room we would always be arguing about something
0: uh who who would you who are you debating with the most
1: the most uh i would say that brett mccleary and michael sears probably (laughs) we probably debated the most we were uh on opposite ends of the spectrum in a lot of cases
0: that's kind of the beauty of sports though you know um that's that's interesting i I, I that's the first time I've ever heard uh, like a college athlete say that they didn't have a favorite team growing up either. No, I never have in any sport. Um when did you become interested in philosophy? Um that's
1: another good question. Um so my mom um was in where she worked, she worked for Pioneer for a long time. And then when I was in middle school, she, her work paid for her to go back to law school. And so she was in law school as I was growing up. Um, and I think a little bit of that rubbed off on me, um, just like the heavy reading and the argumentative, you know, type that, that the law brings out. Um, and so I think that kind of started it. And that's one of the main reasons why I want to go to law school. Um, But then further with philosophy, um, I think that especially in today's world, too many people are, they hear somebody say one thing and then they just completely disassociate with them because they disagree with it um, or they ride for them when they don't know anything else about that person. And so I like the idea of having so many viewpoints on so many things that you can pick and choose things that you agree and disagree with people on. Um, and you don't have to be stuck, stuck to them with everything that they decide to do. Um, so philosophy just makes a lot of sense. And I don't know. I just, I just absolutely love it. Huh.
0: Interesting, man. Well, I don't want to take up too much of your time. I, I you've answered all of the questions that I had and, and, and more. So uh, I appreciate your time. Um, it's good talking to you and, and best of luck to you with the Dodgers.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much.
0: Yeah, you have a good one man. Thank you.
1: Yeah, thank you you too.
0: Thanks again to Jack for joining me. Um I told you man, eclectic dude. Lots of uh lots of different interests there and it seems like if baseball baseball doesn't work out, he's got a lot of options. So uh yeah, thanks again to Jack. Uh I guess there's not a whole lot of sports going on right now, so unless you want me to talk I'm not going to talk about the Hall of Fame game <laughs> or and and I don't really want to talk about the Cubs uh not that there's a whole lot to talk about anymore but um the olympics were fun i didn't watch a ton of them um people think i'm crazy for saying i'm more of a winter olympics guy so i mean whatever i like i like the bobsledding what can i say um but i watched some of it um and uh it's always you know i incredible comeback by the usa men and uh the women won gold in basketball as well, um, I think they won Golden Beach and indoor volleyball, women's beach and indoor indoor volleyball, um, which deserves more more um, focus and attention. Certainly, um, it's a great sport. So, you know that was fun, and uh, we'll have Iowa football media day coming up this Friday. So I'm sure. We will hear the answer. Well, we haven't seen a whole lot yet, about 50 times. Um, but you know, it's always it's 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 good um, because you know Media Day sort of signals that football is back. Um, granted, I don't know what football season is going to look like this year with with uh, the Delta variant, and the Lambda variant, and wherever else we go on the uh, Greek al- alphabet. So. There's they haven't said anything about not doing hundred percent capacity at Kinnick. I you can call me a pessimist all you want. I don't see it happening at this point with the way things are going. But I, you know I guess we'll have we'll see. But some fans will be better than what we had last season, which was no fans. And uh that'll be that'll be fun to experience again. So Yeah. I think uh that'll do it for me uh thanks for listening as always and uh i will talk to you after baseball meet or baseball football media day see ya